What's up, friends? It's Haley, aka Bird. And Randy. And you're tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's give them the bird. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Give Them the Bird. This week, you have just Haley and I again. We're just chatting a little bit about uh, our top tips for intuitive eating. And I'm guessing that Haley's going to have a lot more tips than I since she's the expert. No, (laughs) no, she doesn't. (laughs) But I've been trying to practice this for a while. Um, And so I've got um, some things that hopefully I can add as well. But um, I would say, Haley, why don't you start us off with what what you have found to be most helpful in your intuitive eating journey? Yeah, I love it. Also, I just have to say, when I was thinking of top tips, I was like, shit, Randy's going to have way better tips than I have. Yeah, so yeah, no, no, taking the expert hat off here. I I don't feel like I... (laughs) It's so, it's so hard to piece it down into tips. So I have a a note on my phone here. Um, I think, well, when I think about my own personal journey, I'll say one of the biggest things that I think really helped me. And I feel like we say this in like every single episode I've said it in like even the past two seasons is being more conscious of your environment and just becoming aware of how you know, diet culture or this idea of dieting or like minimize making our bodies smaller or whatever it is shows up mm-hmm. and your conversations with people, um, a huge one, social media. Like I know for me, revamping my social media was like, uh, it was so good. I was following so many, you know, fitness influence influencers, which nothing absolutely wrong with them at all. But for me, it was just so triggering. So, um, and, and even like the, the, again, the media that you're consuming, like I remember the podcast that I was listening to, they weren't necessarily harmful ones, but they were very um, like focused on gaining muscle and losing fat. And so I started listening to more like intuitive eating based ones. So I think just like serving your environment, almost doing like an environmental audit <laughs> can be really, really helpful in showing up or in, in noticing like how does this shit even show up in my life? Like that was, that was a big thing for me. Um, and then, and yeah, you go. Before, before, well, I was just say before we go too far, I wonder if it would be helpful for listeners who maybe are just starting to listen this season or haven't listened to all the past episodes. Um, just like a, a, a brief, like what the hell is intuitive eating? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that even mean? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, And it's helpful. I always like to say that I don't think that there's one clear definition of intuitive eating because it looks different for everybody. And there's so many aspects of it. It's hard to like put it into a definition, but intuitive eating is, is essentially this approach to improving your relationship with food movement in your body that really helps you, um, disconnect from the outside external rules and guidelines about what you should eat, how you should move, how much you should weigh. 
and instead reconnect internally. So noticing your own physiological and emotional cues for things like hunger, fullness, satisfaction, movement, um, all of those different types of things. So it's, I really like to think of it as like a disconnection from all of these, again, like diet culture things, you might have heard that term used and reconnecting with self. And I think that reconnecting with self is, um, a really important piece of it because reconnecting with self looks different for everybody and intuitive eating I do think looks different for everybody so that's I don't know what what else would you add when you think about like somebody just hearing about intuitive eating for the first time what more would be helpful to add on I think that's super helpful um I actually I don't know if I've even heard you describe it in that way before like I don't the, know if I have the of external and like that's that I think makes a whole lot of sense and, and allows for it to be different for everybody. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love that. And it, it, when you were talking about um, your environment, that just made me think in my own journey, how difficult it's been or how maybe how I've just not known how to respond to the people in my life who yes. still refer to food as healthy or unhealthy, you know, labeling it or, you know, just making comments like, yeah, I got to work out extra for having this cookie or, you know, things like that. And yeah, just how, mm-hmm. how I'm responding to them. And I haven't figured that out yet for myself. Sometimes I just don't say much because <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how to share my own, you know, thoughts and experiences without, you know, kind of squashing what they've said. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any tips on how you navigate that, but that's something I've struggled with a little bit. I I love that you bring that up. And this was another something that kind of came up in a um, an appointment with a student recently. I think there are so many different ways you can do it. Um, and I think it depends upon, depends on like how comfortable you feel. Again, like with the people, with just the topic of like not dieting anymore, who it is that you're talking to. Because I know like my grandma will make comments and I'm just like, you are 96 and I love you, Nani. And you know what? Nope, not going to go there. <laughs> not gonna go. I'm not going to start talking about health at every size and intuitive eating with you. You know what? Um, but I think a few different approaches you can take. Um, one is to don't, you don't respond, you don't act. And it's just literally like managing your energy. And it's like, now is not the time and place or like, I'm going to recognize that this is potentially triggering or like this is really diety this is not the kind of way like where the path that i'm going but i don't have it in me today and that's okay right like i think that's like protect your boundaries right um i think another one is i like to use humor i'm a humor gal so um literally saying i mean depending upon what someone says like oh for example we'll use kind of what you said of uh i ate so much pizza last night like i have to run extra today like using something like, girl, you don't have to do that. Like that pizza is just fueling your workout, like something like that. Right. Um, I think you can also, and and I think that can start a conversation if, and it goes where it goes. Right. I think it could also be like a bit of education sometimes. Um, if they're talking about, you know, like, Oh, I really need to start dieting or I'm thinking about, you know, going keto for this upcoming vacation. It could be like, okay, I have to tell you something, diets don't actually work. Like in the long run, 
about 98% of diets fail and people regain any weight they've lost plus some three to five years down the road, which can have health implications, right? Like you can take the, that route. There's also the, um, the route of, I'm just going to change the conversation. Like, wow, the weather's nice out today. right? <laughs> I feel like that's probably what I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And like, and again, I think that's similar to like, um, it's similar to choosing not to respond, but there's still a little bit of action there, right? And it's it's not like a rude thing, like, I'm not gonna talk about this, let's change the subject. We don't necessarily, I mean, you totally can say that, um, but I think it can literally be like, you know, someone says, oh, I need to start doing keto in order to get ready for this vacation. You should be like, oh my gosh, now that you're mentioning carbs, have you guys ever been to this restaurant called, right? Like, mm-hmm. just yeah. to changing the conversation I think can be too. So, um, and I think coming up with something you feel comfortable with, especially if there's certain people who maybe trigger who, you know, this is a common conversation coming up with something that feels comfortable. I do this with students a lot. I have one in particular who her mom is like diet culture demon. That's really bad to say, but (laughs) sorry, my words, not hers, but just really triggers a lot of her like body image and like food and movement stuff. And she has come up with like, she has her own phrases that she uses and it's just like, okay, I'm going to take this note card out of my back pocket and read it. So yeah, but those are, those are some of the tactics that I like to use. Um, when, when conversations around that come up. Yeah. I like that. That's helpful. Um, and it definitely, now that I'm like thinking through scenarios, it definitely does matter who it would be. You know, there's certain people I would feel comfortable saying, well, like, why do you feel that way? And others would probably be like a, we're changing the subject, but um, (laughs) I definitely had an experience just while it was yesterday. Um, Gerald and I went to lunch and I think where were we Chili's Applebee's Applebee's mm-hmm. I think super romantic you know oh my gosh yeah because yesterday was Valentine's Day for it folks was. I mean when they're you're listening to this everyone it won't it be yesterday be that was Valentine's Day but <laughs> I love you guys um and they and I think a lot of places do this but it's very pronounced on their menu like calories for everything mm-hmm. um and I struggled with what I wanted to order Mm. because I went in thinking I just really like a salad sounds really good. Like a big old salad with ranch sounds Mm. amazing to me. And then I got in there and all the salads are like 1200 calories. (laughs) And then I was like, do I want a salad? Mm. I don't know. So it was the external, the menu, the friggin' menu was almost making my decision for me instead of myself, like what I truly wanted. I fought back and I wanted a salad and I got a freaking salad. Mm. So, but it took some, it took some thinking. I really struggled with it for a while, like, which pissed me off, (laughs) you know, I'm like, damn it. I just like, why can't I just order what I want to order, which I ended up doing, but Mm. yeah, it took a while for me to like accept that I'm just going to order something in higher calories because that's what I want. Yeah. It's also kind of funny that like the salad, like it, it was about the salad, not like a bowl of pasta. It was like, the right. salad, you know, like, I know I would have felt like oddly better about it if it was like a <laughs> pasta or a burger, but I was like, really? it's just like the, the funniness salad. of, you know, diet culture says like eat the salad, not the burger. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, actually, sometimes, exactly. you know, um, I think that's such a good example of how, 
you noticed what was coming up for you, but you didn't act on it. Like, again, thoughts are just thoughts. Um, you didn't act on it and you ate the salad anyways. Like, I think, I think that's, that's really good. And honestly, it was partly in rebellion of the thought, you know, like I am pissed that like diet culture is making me think this way. So I'm ordering the freaking salad anyway, you know? Yeah. And you knew that you wanted it. It's like, I knew that I wanted that. It's not like, I actually don't freaking want pasta, but I'm going to shove some pasta in my face to like a big F you, you know, it wasn't that entitlement eating. It was like the, but I actually want this. So yeah, Randy, that is a GTB moment. We love that. (laughs) We love that. I love it. Um, were there, were there any top tips that you came up with? I would say the thing that I think is super helpful when we, when we practiced it, when you were helping us kind of learn about this process in GTB Academy, the most helpful thing there that I don't do in practice, but want to do more of, cause I know it's helpful is actually thinking, am I hungry and am I full? Mm. You know, like actually thinking through that because so much of the time I'm eating because it's breakfast time, lunch time, or dinner time, not because I'm actually hungry. Um, and then so many other times I'm just eating cause I'm finishing my plate and not, you know, I haven't stopped yet because I haven't thought to myself, am I full or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and when we went through that exercise in GTB Academy, like the way I was eating changed quite a bit because I was actually paying attention to those things. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I think can be super helpful. And I myself need to do more of that. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree with that. Um, and that was, that was kind of one thing I put on my list was start tuning inward. Mm-hmm. And I think that it totally aligns with that. Like we don't, we don't have to follow these like, um, intuitive eating principles to T to start tuning inward, you know? And it's like, if we can notice how things are popping up in our environment, right. Um, and then can we tune inward and start to notice like, okay, how do I feel around a meal time or like when I'm eating or how does this type of movement make me feel? Like, I think that again, it's just like a, a bit of mind, like it's a mindfulness practice and whether someone has body image concerns or not, like we all could use a little more mindfulness in our lives. So yeah, I totally agree with that, like tuning inward. And I think it's easy and intuitive eating focuses a lot on like the hunger and fullness too, or even like, do I even like the taste of this? Like how satisfying is this? Or yeah, is this, I think with movement, it can be a good time too. Like, am I even enjoying the way this feels like, you know, or what about this? Am I enjoying like, wow, I feel really good right now. Like that's cool. So just like tuning inward. So yeah, I love, I love that one. And it can be, I don't know if you felt this way, but I think the hunger fullness principles can be some of the most difficult ones because yes. we I think so- that's why I'm not doing it as much as I want to, because it's hard. Yeah, it is. I same me too. Yeah. Yep. Like I struggle with hunger and fullness so freaking much. It's just like, it is so hard. And I, I think that an easy step into the hunger and fullness can be just to point blank, start tuning inward, you know, like just start noticing. And it can even be like your emotions. Like, again, I'm not a therapist or mental health provider, but it's like, how do I feel today? <laughs> like, Or um, I know Stephanie Roth Goldberg, who is a therapist. Uh, she's on Instagram at embodied psychotherapist. Um, she was on, I think it was like one of our early episodes, like episode 13. I freaking love her. Um, 
she talks about doing like a body scan in the morning, just like, and it doesn't have to be like a full on 10 minute meditation body scan, but just like when you're laying there, closing your eyes and being like, okay, before I get out of bed, how do I feel? <laughs> like, yeah. how does my body feel? You know, and that doesn't necessarily have to relate to hunger and fullness by any means, but yeah. So tuning inward. And again, I think it'll definitely help with intuitive eating in the long run because the hunger and fullness principles, they're hairy. They're hard for a yeah. lot of people. When we first started practicing them, I was like, wait, am I hungry? Like, yes. is that, what am I feeling? Like, I don't even know. And the same with full. I'm like, wait, am I full or am I, I, it's way harder than you would think it would be. Yeah. Whenever I ask people, what does fullness feel like? Like, I think it's easier for us, for a lot of people. I mean, I should say I work with several students who have, they have no idea how hungry they are until they're like ravenous, like primal freaking hunger because they have years of restriction or like, you know, whatever it might be. But I feel like when we ask people, what does hunger feel like? We can name some things like a growling stomach, maybe grogginess or like poor concentration, hanger. Like I am the queen of hanger, (laughs) asked Tyler. Um, But when we talk about like, what does fullness feel like? shoot like it's hard to describe the way fullness feels unless it's like oh i feel bloated i feel like i need to unbutton my pants i feel like kind of nauseous and it's like that is past the point of comfortable right right Right. i think fullness like identifying what does that feel like it's such a it's it's weird Mm -hmm. but the first step is just you know, slowing down while you're eating, maybe allowing yourself to like, after you've eaten half of your plate or whatever it is, put your fork down, sit back and just be like, what am I feeling right now? Like, what does this feel like? And again, the fullness, feeling our fullness, I always have to say a little like massive asterisk or caveat is like, it's not in an attempt to eat less food. Absolutely not. It's in an attempt to avoid eating past the point of comfort which leads to physical pain and discomfort, which can then lead us to going too long without eating again as almost like a a punitive thing. So it like stops that cycle of dieting. But yeah, fullness is is really tricky. I feel like naming what it feels like to be full is like, I don't know, unless I'm like nauseous, (laughs) like it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say one other thing that I have found super helpful is no longer having off-limit foods. Um, cause I loved to have like, have foods that I like couldn't have, you know, mm-hmm. donuts and all that stuff were off limits because I liked them too much and I would eat too much of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now knowing that I don't have that limit, then when I do, you know, have donuts in front of me, I'm fine having like just one until I'm full because I know that it's not totally off limits and I could have more if I wanted, yes. you know? So that's been a big, big change that I've really enjoyed and has changed my mindset when it comes to those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that making peace with food is one of the, it's like a huge, a huge portion of intuitive eating. And when people experience that, and and there's, there's a lot of research and like science behind, you know, when we allow ourselves to have the thing, it makes the temptation to eat the thing, you know, less or not as like strong. Um, but it's really cool to see it for yourself. And it's funny, I'm on like the opposite end of it right now, because 
in a previous episode, we talked about um, how I went through the whole gestational diabetes and like glucose screening and all of that. And um, it's Girl Scout cookie season. Mm. And like, I'm like, well, I got round two of my testing coming up. And so I probably shouldn't eat the Girl Scout cookies. I've never wanted a freaking Girl Scout cookie more in my life. So like, <laughs> I'm seeing it from the other side of things too. And I'm like, yep. trying, I'm trying to work through that. And, you know, it's like, you can still have them. And giving yourself that permission is going to prevent you from, you know, binging on them and overeating them past the point of discomfort and then being sad that they're gone because Girl Scout mm-hmm. cookie season is a season. It yes. is one of those things like you can't just go to the store and get, you know, a thin mint. You can get a you can get like something similar, but it ain't the same thing. So, yeah, that permission to eat is is a big one. Um yeah. another big tip and you're probably time out. Be, time out. What? What's your, what's the Girl Scout cookie of choice? Oh, Randy. Okay. I want to say it like on the count of 3. We need to Are we going to fight? Um I think Samoa's. <gasps> Oh, nobody likes Samoas as much as I do. No, me. Yes. You like Samoas? I love them. Randy, we are the same. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have grown to love the lemon ones as well. But no way. Samoas are like the OG, my fave. Okay, those lemon ones, it's so funny. My sister Jessica, so for people that don't know, I have two sisters, Leslie and Jessica, and we're, yeah, we're besties. Jessica is so funny because she loves like lemony stuff, like, I remember when we visited her in Texas one time, we went to a um, Baskin Robbins and like of all the delicious things she could have got, she got like a lemon custard, like (laughs) ice cream. And Leslie and I were like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) She loves like peach and lemon. And so anytime someone mentions those freaking lemon cookies or anything lemony, I think about Jessica (laughs) and I don't get it. I'm not. I don't like seek out lemon flavor, but, um, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad they're growing on you. I, I like thin mints. I also like, um, they have like the s'mores one, which I think was new in the last couple of years. I've never tried that. Yeah. So, but I'm glad we, we don't discriminate. Really. What'd you say? <laughs> we don't discriminate really when it comes yeah. to girls. <laughs> no <laughs> cookies are cookies. Like, you know, it's all, it's for the troop. It's all for the troop. <laughs> You actually don't know anybody in a troop. I just seek out somebody selling Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, I just Google Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, Okay, you had another tip. (laughs) Yes. So there were kind of two two other ones that came up for me. Um, One is a a quick one, and then I'll get into the big daddy, um, which probably is not going to surprise you. But one, one little one is to prevent turning intuitive eating into another strict set of rules. I think it's really, really common for us to go from like having this, these strict set of food rules that are really based in diet culture to then just taking that same thing and applying it to intuitive eating. Like I can only eat when I'm hungry. I need to stop when I'm full, which is totally not what we were just saying at all. Mm -hmm. Um, That I can only do movement that, you know, puts a smile on my face. I can't challenge my body at all. Um, That I every meal that I eat should, it should always be exactly what I want. And like, honey, that ain't realistic. You're going to have to eat like the the cold, I don't know, pastas. I don't know. Cold pasta to me is like delightful, but anyhow, um, (laughs) you get what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, I think it's like, and I think we talk about this a lot with like the, the gray area is 
it, it is there it is not a strict set of rules intuitive eating isn't there are principles and you know like kind of some guides and some things that can help you but you are different and you're you're different everybody is different and so i think just recognizing that like fit it into your life and make it make sense for you but really prevent taking that same perfectionistic all or nothing mindset that got us stuck in diet culture prevent taking that into intuitive eating like that's that's something. i think um a good example of this you actually posted about on your instagram a couple of weeks ago you were like i have this salmon i don't really want to eat salmon i know it's good for me and it's going to go bad so i got to cook it and i'm not wasting this like yes so i'm going to put it with something i like which is the pasta and make it more enjoyable. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a perfect example of how, you know, you're not turning it into a rule. Like I'm not going to eat the salmon because intuitive eating, right? but making it more enjoyable and flexing a little yes. bit. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was the first time I had eaten salmon all pregnancy because it's been like the one food that has grossed me out. Um, yeah. But I was like, we're going to try it. And then I was like, shit, it goes bad tonight. <laughs> like, I got to eat it. This, I'm not wasting this like $14 slab of salmon. So, right. um, yeah. Uh, my my last tip, and then I want to hear if you have others. Um, again, this probably is not going to surprise you, Randy, because you did GTB Academy with me. You know that this literally came up every mother-loving week. <laughs> Self-compassion. Like, practice self compassion and that's going to look different at every stage of the journey for everybody it's going to be different but i think going into intuitive eating knowing this shit's going to be hard you are going to quote unquote mess up you're going to quote unquote backslide um Mm -hmm. you're going to have those thoughts that you thought you were over with um and i my like one i always work with people to find like a one-liner and typically it's like no freaking wonder no wonder i still have these thoughts no wonder i still feel like you know pasta is a fear food for me no wonder i still feel like i need to do more exercise if i ate a big meal last night like you spent for so many people 20 30 40 years steeped in these rules and restriction and like living in this diet culture society And now we're just starting to make some changes like that shit's going to take time. And so I think like self-compassion and just coming back to like not shaming yourself for any of the things is Uh huge. And that even means if you notice that like, oh, I am turning intuitive eating into another set of rules. Don't judge yourself, like release the judgment. It ain't going to help. Like no wonder, because that's all I've ever known. So I think self-compassion is something Oh, so important. So freaking important. Mic drop. Mic mic <laughs> dropping my Yeti. <laughs> dropping my Yeti. Yeah. Yeti no, I, I agree. That is key. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't do enough of that. I know. I most people but, don't. Yeah. 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 I know. Most people don't. And I think like it's funny because when I do um like check-ins with other therapists who we see mutual clients. They talk a lot about self-compassion with their clients and I'm, I'm just like, okay, good. So this is as important as I think. And yeah. obviously I'm, I think anybody can talk about the power of self-compassion and, you know, you don't have to be necessarily a therapist to do it, but yeah, just like giving yourself some grace and 
we were that cheesy saying of like, we're our own worst critic. We really freaking are like, we are assholes to ourselves. So just be a little bit nicer, you know, not judge yourself. So yeah. Yeah. Did you have any other tips? What other things came up for you? (sighs) I think we kind of covered most of the things that I like, at least try to keep in my mind on the daily when I'm trying to practice this. So it's hard. It is. It's not like a, when I, I know when I first started, I was like, this is going to be so easy. I just don't, I just get rid of all the rules and I just don't really think about it. And I just eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm full. Like that's, that's it. <laughs> it is a lot harder than that. I, <laughs> and I think too, that we go into it feeling like, and maybe this is kind of how it looks on social media too. I would say, like, I think this really influences it. Like I'm going to become an intuitive eater and it's going to be rainbows and butterflies. Like mm-hmm. life is going to be so hunky dory. And then it's like newsflash. <laughs> it's actually going to suck a little bit more before it gets better. <laughs> right. You're going to struggle a lot. Yeah. So, but no hopefully worries. those tips, hopefully those tips can, I mean, help anybody who might be struggling with intuitive eating or um, thinking about getting started or just interested in learning more. I feel like that was like a good umbrella overview of some of like the really, really big tenets of intuitive eating. So, yeah. Do you have, I know there's the intuitive eating book, but do you have other good resources that you recommend for people who want to learn more? Yeah, there's a, there are a lot of, a lot of books out there. I haven't read all of them, but yeah, the intuitive eating fourth edition, I would say like, without a doubt, go pick up that bad boy. That's going to, that's like the intuitive eating Bible. Um, a lot of great podcasts out there. Um, I'm probably going to butcher the names of some, but that can be something I can drop in the show notes, like some recommendations of other podcasts too, um, that really focus like pretty heavily on, on intuitive eating. Like one, and for example, is, um, like there's one called the satisfaction fact or satisfaction factor pod, I think, or something like that. Um, I haven't listened to it, but I, I, we follow them on Instagram and I like their stuff. Um, Another one is what the actual fork podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, it's two Amazing. dietitians, and I think one of them is both a dietitian and personal trainer, so that's a good one. Um, Christy Harrison's Food Psych is a huge one. I don't know if she's as active. I know she took a break because she was publishing her second book, which um, is called I think like the Wellness Diet. I I pre-ordered it. It's supposed to come like right around my due date, so I know what Ooh. I'm going to be doing. Besides, sure. you know caring for a newborn. Um, so yeah, Christy Harrison's a good one too, food psych, but yeah, there's, there's so many, the society, but it's spelled like, yeah, yeah, has like the EAT. I think her name is like Colleen or Colleen Christensen, potentially. I, again, never listened to the podcast, follow her on Instagram, but I know, um, several people that have recommended it too. Like they say that it's really good. Um, but yeah, definitely when it comes to books, like get pick yourself up a copy of the fourth edition intuitive eating. I think you can get it on Amazon for like 12 something. Obviously, you can probably find it in a local bookstore for a few more dollars. So you can feel like a little bit better about consuming, you know, <laughs> consuming it there. But yeah, we will I'll go ahead and drop some links in the in the show notes. So check out the show notes for some more some more recommendations. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for this. We hope that it was helpful. If you have been practicing intuitive eating 
or you have other tips that you would like to share, let us know. You can DM us on Instagram at Given the Bird Podcast. You can um, send us a carrier pigeon. Um, you can snail mail us <laughs> or shoot us an email. <laughs> I like how I went from Instagram to carrier pigeon. Like right. there's a, there's a lot of like you know more gray area mediums. Um, yeah, let us let us know what other tips you might have, um, or just how you're feeling about intuitive eating in general. Thanks for tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, head on over to Apple iTunes or Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Give Them the Bird Podcast to stay up to date with all things GTB. We'll see you back here next week for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them the bird.